Hey, welcome everybody to podcast number 70 presented by Five Pin Universe. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. Uh, once again, our sponsor for this uh, episode is All-Star Bowling Sales. Hey guys, uh, it's just for our chat here, we have the Wiseman twins, Tim and Dexter. Um, unfortunately, Adam couldn't join us this week. Uh, he had some family emergency and some issues um, that he's dealing with, but obviously we'll uh, wish him all the best and hopefully we'll see him again soon. Uh, we'll bring in our special guest of the day. Mr. Mike Tweedy. Hola. <laughs> it only took okay. 70 episodes to get the most controversial person in bowling on, on our podcast. Am I really? That's well, I, I can't believe that's true, but that's all right. It's, a, it's a close. It's got to be close. <laughs> Good or bad, <laughs> Name another person. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, kind of our first topic this evening will be a discussion about the WCBT and uh, Mike, obviously a big proportion of heritage lanes having to cancel their event for 2020 um could you just let us a little insight on uh the discussions and how you guys came to that decision it was i mean we battled that since obviously since march probably when we first had to delay it and push it back as much as we did hoping that things would clear up a little bit and some of the the guidelines be relaxed and it, it was within the center we felt comfortable our procedures day to day and we probably could have you know gone with that but the, as soon as you get into travel and uh the bigger aspect is probably the the, the state of the sport and it's you know i'm, I'm kind of heartbroken every couple of weeks or 10 days i see somebody you know closing up a center forever and that's hard to watch and hard to see and, and hard to think about really you know we've been okay through that and but it hurts everybody so uh the big challenge i think is was simply as soon as we have people coming from even i mean even edmonton or Calgary, or and especially out of province, one case drops anywhere. Where were you? They chase, you know, they track, they, they, they trace trace contacts a little bit, and in, then they're going to be livid. And if we don't want to make our way onto CBC like that, we'd like it to be the other way. I don't stole that 100% from Dexter, but that's in our discussion. <laughs> Dexter certainly involved in the last part of our our, our decision to, to to table the event for this year, and, and uh, it, it was it wasn't easy. We we did everything. I mean, I talked to AHS on a, on the lowdown and some people I know there pretty regularly for all the way through, and it just it, it, the procedures were going to be fine. I don't think it was going to be any more risk than having you know a, a busy there a busy day there. You know, having forty or fifty people in the, the lanes on a Friday night. However, as soon as that travels involved, then it, it changes the profile. I think for the whole tour because then if we can't allow people from. Ontario and the, you know that where the, the strength of the tours all across the country as soon as you have to say no to that then you become the, the event becomes not what it should be it shouldn't be that that top end event it's been such a great year for the, for the entire tour and the other events ran I mean it's unbelievable really and we were looking at that way too we had I think we had 230 entries for May um, with 100 and 125 players so it was we were looking at that same idea being 220 players 220 shifts and you know it's it's it broke ours. It was hard. We, we waited as long as we can to just see the few days before we had finally announced last on Friday, the few days before the week before that, there was an uptick in cases, a couple outbreaks, including one red deer. Uh, the hospital had a small outbreak and that's, you just, you can't take the risk and especially the, for the industry, the industry is struggling anyway, all across the country, that kind of news would be just devastated. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You always got to take, um, Every, everybody's health comes first. Business is definitely a little bit secondary to that, but then the tour is even 
a third portion of that. Um, you can't risk the business just to uh, run a not-for-profit tour and stuff like that. Um, even though the events have been as, as great as they have been, you don't ever want to see um, a situation come from something that is uh, just for the bowlers. Yeah, and it, it, the bad press is no good either. So it's that at the end of the day, is the right is the right call for sure. And I think we would have uh, you, you, you run into some stuff, and we don't want to see those types of things. Like I said, we want to be work our way back. Next year will be better. We hopefully anyway. They have, even the autumn open. I mean, it's they, we hope they can run, but Calgary's tightening up a little bit right now. And I, I'm, uh, the last bit we've had, we're, we're indoor masks are going to be mandatory come Saturday. Um, malls anyway, and all, all city properties, buses, all that. And it's going to go further from there. So I don't think people would want to compete in that environment anyway. And uh, we'll just you know, tailor yeah. it for a year. And so uh, that's that's going to be the same for uh, Edmonton as well. They've decided that uh, masks are going to be mandatory. And yesterday they announced that it was going to be just public facilities, uh, like city-run facilities and transit. And then today they announced it's going to be all indoor, public, anything, uh, private or publicly owned, it doesn't matter. Um, there are exceptions. Um, physical activity is one of them. So I wonder where we all fall in with that. Um, luckily for us, we're insured parks. So um, they're doing uh, they're doing uh, their mandatory masks for transit and um, and pub and publicly owned facilities on August the fourth. Um, I'm sure that it's going to be all indoor shortly after that as well. But yeah. um, at least uh, we'll have some time to figure out what the other bowling alleys in Edmonton are doing, if they're included in the physical activity or not. So as far as I understand, uh, our counselor out here, Rob Parks, mentioned today that when I was talking to him, August 6th is the the date that uh, they moved up their meeting to let us know whether we're going to be following Edmonton. Um, but I know uh, Stacy Weber down in Calgary was mentioning that bowling is in that sports spectrum down there. So if you are bowling, as far as they know, they're going to double check. I mean, we, there's so many gray areas or ways you want to read about it. Um, but they do believe that if you are bowling, it obviously um, they think that you'd be okay not to wear a mask. Um, but however, like the, the, there's going to be all, all those rules. Like, so if you go to a restaurant, obviously you had to wear your mask to a restaurant. You have to take it off when you're ready to sit down and eat. But so does that mean if you're a spectator coming into a bowling center, you still have to wear your mask unless you're going to sit and eat. Right. So there's going to be all those different stipulations, stuff like that. I think regardless um, of the rules, it, it, yeah. it, those there's, there's good science behind transmission protocols and they actually, it's worth doing for everybody. The lowers the risk for everybody, no matter what. It's it's probably worth having a policy just saying, if you can be respectful of others and do this, when you're up in the lanes, fine, take it off because you're gonna be distanced. But in the back or anywhere, and we're all tight in behind, if you've got a, even one team per set of lanes, there's, it's still challenging to get that distance in between everybody. And I think that's, the, mm -hmm. the even no matter what the rules are, the last thing anybody wants is one of those cases popping up and having a, sure. a contract trace go through your uh, through your center, and you know the the they scare everybody and freak them out, right? Yeah. I, I kind of want to address that that whole sports thing, Tim, that you kind of brought up. It's kind of hard to believe that um, we were included in Sports Day in Canada as five pin bowling, and then some people don't consider us a sport. Mm -hmm. That's the interesting. Government, the government just allowed that the, the tax break for sports re registrations for years. I mean, five or six years, I think. I think they do it, allow it now, finally, but 
but for forever registration bowling didn't count because they didn't consider it a well a, a sport uh, actually funny thing is mike uh, i found out a couple days ago that uh that we uh we were actually recreation in alberta that uh we didn't have a return of sport and that meant uh that we were uh, uh just recreation and we weren't actually a real sport mm. Mm. Yeah. so so now that's actually been changed they were working on maybe changing us back into a sport you talked um, to government officials i'm not very smart no, no, there wasn't a government official. It was one of our uh, people that are in charge. But uh, so anyways, um, yeah, so we're working on making that change. But um, it's just it's crazy to think that uh, that during a pandemic, I do have to give you guys kudos to you and your committee and your in the center out there that like we had what, over 200 some entries and 120 people that are willing to travel during a pandemic. Crazy as that sounds, that's, yeah. that's absolutely yeah, even for, this, right? for this event. We, had, yeah. we, we reset the reset the, the the registrations for it we still had 105 when we pulled the plug uh, 105 different players willing to come out and play and i mean lots there's lots of local alberta is pretty strong for that but we had i mean right ontario to yeah. quebec right to v victoria we have people coming so it's i mean which is a good sign the tour has been great for that very, cool. Built, very cool built up lots of things yeah, yeah. Uh, like Tim said, kudos goes to you guys to making the final decision. I know you discussed with the WCBT board and stuff, but you, Shelby and Cindy put in so, so much hard work, keeping those shifts organized, keeping everybody updated, and then uh, waiting possibly to the last minute to finally pull the plug on such a great event. But we just, uh, with everybody sending in their entries and everything, it, it can only come back stronger, we hope, as long as, uh, I guess, this whole COVID situation gets under wraps i I, re I really don't think it's going to be much of a, a, an issue coming back carrie i i think that uh, i think we're pretty much uh solidified you guys are at least as an organization and i think the centers are, are good as long as we can stay open um it's just as long as people have money and they're able to spend it i think they're willing to travel and and, and enjoy these things um it's just unfortunate like I, it, it it really kind of spiraled like it was monday we got those the updated like uh, COVID information. And then all of a sudden Monday turned into Thursday and then Thursday, well, it just kind of canceled. And um, <laughs> maybe, maybe it wasn't the way we wanted to handle it, but uh, yeah, it's going to be kind of the way it's going to be. Right. So we, we just, we just don't know. Right. So it's just yeah, unfortunate. No, ex exactly. And kind of to expand on that. So um, obviously there's some questions about the Gallagher cup and the tour finals. Um, the WCBT board is in contact with the top 12 players for the whole final situation that will be decided and discussed at a later point in time, um, keeping them in the loop and the Gallagher cup is postponed indefinitely. We don't know when we're going to run it. Hopefully we can tie it to, one of the events next season, hopefully a day before, or maybe the day after, and contact all those players that are involved in that and continue that event um, as it was such an astounding mm -hmm. um, success last year. So, yeah. So, yeah, another disappointing uh, day in bowling, but. Um, 2020, fuck you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Since, since February, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I guess that kind of goes with a uh, five pin universe too. So we are making the switch. We're probably not going to be running weekly podcasts from this point on because bowling is essentially postponed for who knows when, but uh, we are hoping to bring something else um, every Wednesday night at seven and uh, 
we kind of got our next thing scheduled for next Wednesday and hopefully it goes good and you guys like it and we can continue doing it. We'll keep you all in the dark. If you're a Patreon member, you know about it. I talked to you about it, but if you're not and you want to be in the loop, you have to be a patron member. So uh, sign up for that. Jesus fucking sales bitch. Holy. <laughs> I have hey. a mini cup. Dexter has seen my mini cup pong game. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so we can have that you know, instead. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have a, I have a, a battleship like ping pong game too. It's the same thing. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. That makes me sad. <laughs> so uh I know Sherwood Park's still doing the COVID cup drop in. Is uh Heritage Lanes looking at doing anything like that, Mike? Or what do you I don't do know. You I think I think they were kind of waiting to see and I I, I don't know if they've started up a, a, a drop in you know, late at a time, we've been actually fairly busy. Uh, just people coming in and with the crappy weather, it seems to be, you know, coming and going. And uh, so I was there last night. I popped my head in for, for one of the spring league or summer leagues and it's full, you know, four players, every second lane's got somebody going on and it's, uh, right. nobody hangs around afterwards, of course, but that's part for the course yeah. a little bit. And that's, that's awesome. I, just, I don't, I know they're doing one at paradise and a toddler. I was planning to go to both and throw some balls before we had to pull the plug on traditional, but you know, why, why practice now? <laughs> get this, get the stick out and see how it goes. <laughs> uh, well, it's good to hear you guys are busy. How you guys been this week with, uh, is it with the warm weather? Yeah, I don't know. Even last night, I mean, leagues probably, it'll probably be lousy to hear the long weekend just because it's 30 out and, you know, the building always gets pretty warm that way, but. Um, but uh, I won't. I will probably won't be up there till probably. I'm gonna guess Monday or Tuesday. I'll probably pop my head in again. Hmm. I've been working at Calgary for well, God, year year a bit now. So I'm on the the highway quite a bit. Yeah, a really big fucking pothole by Airdrie. I hit every second time I drive that road. Usually you swerve once you know it's there, but. You know what? I just get glazed eyes and go. Yeah, well, usually, <laughs> when you go that, when you usually go that fast, you don't notice it, right? Yeah, I thought you usually glide over, over top things. of it. I I go pretty slow nowadays. I'm like one twenty three. The radar detectors do not work against the newer radar, so you're crazy to be going too quick, and they never pull you over one twenty three or one twenty four. It's true. The guy behind me going one thirty five, so or one fifty three, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Uh, so Mike, since we got you on as a special guest, uh, there is a, obviously, um, people know some stories about you involved, uh, with coaching and, um, winning multiple gold medals. I don't even know the number. How many gold medals have you, uh, one as a player and as a coach? Uh, three as a player, one as a coach. Um, pretty awesome. Going back, uh, forever. Yeah. And 90, got 93. Some, some, most kids weren't even born by then, but. Uh, that was that was a good one. That's Dougie McAuliffe's perfect game against us in the gold medal match in in uh, it was in Ottawa. Although we played at Orleans Bowl and just over the border, but uh, and it's funny because he uh, it's one of my favorite bowling stories because he phoned his spouse after phoned home and said we I was trying to call because we just won and uh, phoned and said yeah no I, I won your perfect game one fifty grand no really I did okay fine watch the TV watch the broadcast and hung up. His wife wouldn't believe him that he won fifty grand through a perfect game in the, in the gold medal final. It was it was pretty pretty hysterical. We were still every time I see Dougie, I joke about that with him. That's and, awesome. That's yeah, a it great was, story. It was, it was amazing to watch, and that's the that was the end of the insurance policy. 
think that was they they ended it right then. So then it's always been a collection since then. But, but yeah, it was it was pretty neat. That's the equivalent of hitting like a walk off home run. Oh, like was, like really, that's what that is. Yeah, he he was. They had actually. Um, Donnie Donnie Cleary, you had eight bagger from the gun that game and plowed nine. So they I think they shoot shot eight thirty for those two guys and and uh, I don't think they broke fifteen hundred. So bag on uh, one of the one of the I forget who was on that team was it, it was Dougie Clark anyway, but uh, and Don and Salmon, but they didn't they did the rest of those guys shot like six twenty for the three of them and they would, luckily we had a second chance on them. So that's the first year they had the the uh, uh, high qualifier had to be beat twice yeah. and we we ended up winning we rolled over in the second game it was pretty pretty tough for Doug to come back I think it just had his head in that game right away it was it was great for us it was exciting still I can I still have goosebumps thinking about you know talking uh, Jan Anderson shook my hand as we walked off I think the ninth frame was mathematically pretty much done and pretty cool like and you guys have done that all three of you like actually I watched Dexter and Tim win there first gold medal in said 08 or two, 2010 10 10 yeah and anyway, in uh, Winnipeg that's right that was uh that was cool too still great team yeah Albert has always had lots of good teams so yeah um so before the WCBT was even a thing um obviously you're a pretty good competitor on the tour um and if people didn't notice on our opening slide there you won um the autumn open down in Chinook at the time it was no Toppler actually it was Toppler it was top of the, it was in there for had to be six, seven years in between. Um, Chinook, I think, was till 98, and then it went to Toppler in maybe 99. So I forget, I forget the year changed over. I was still in the university, so I didn't actually play it the first year it was there. And then uh, 2001, I was out of school. My all my good bowling years were basically when I was that the, the right age to bowl, you know, late 20s and early 30s when you're young and energetic. I was university the whole time, so I was played. Not as much as you'd like to when you're playing that. Right. Um, I'm not to keep bringing up all the good memories, but uh, <laughs> if people don't know, you almost won the Rose Bowl, and uh, if you could elaborate on that little uh, memory for yeah, everybody, yeah, that, that was great. Let's bring that. Actually, you know, honestly, it's it's, it's a, there's a losing that final's hard, and it's still that's still it sits with you for a long time. Um, but I had probably the best day of bowling I've ever had. In, in my life, I beat some of my heroes. I beat Doug Wood. I beat Blair Busy twice. I beat Tom Patterson twice. I beat Bruce Mortar that day, and and I, and Jennifer. Uh, she keeps changing her name now. Smith. Yeah. Jennifer Marshall. Smith now. Jennifer Marshall. <laughs> I, that's where I the blank was. Get picture Don, but I couldn't couldn't get the name out. But uh, and I mean it was a phenomenal day. And then, uh, but I got a little in my head against Maddie Schultz the first time I played, I think in the B, I want to say the B final. And then I played him again in the final and lost. So I played, no, it must've been the, the fours. So I played 31 games on Sunday and, and I was just standing there and halfway through the third game and I was probably up a hundred and just got my own way. I looked up and saw, actually we were bowling right in the lane where Bruce's name used to be. And we had the rose, the, the rose up on in uh, Bonnie Dune, and started thinking I'm going to be up there in a second, and just the wrong thought to have in your head. You got to stay in the moment, and got a little tight, impressed a little bit, and then Matt, Matt came back great, played well. He was young; he's, I think he was 15 or something like that. And too stupid to know the game's hard, 
You know, I remember <laughs> seven, seven, I think seven years later, after he, he, I think he finally won a second term in Regina, he said, man, those are hard to win. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, like, yeah. And he said, the first time was easy, but it's, and they're, they're challenging. And I mean, lots of, lots of guys have gone through that and they, they, you get in the right spot. And uh, like, I, I think I probably averaged 310 Sunday at Bonnie Demon. I just was lights out the whole day. I threw, well, I didn't finish half the games. I, I both times I played Tom Patterson. We shook hands in 26 frames. I was over, mathematically done. And uh, just, I was throw, throwing bombs, throwing hard too. That's back when I, I was throwing harder than Tracy throws. So that wears out. You're, you're feeling it now. <laughs> <laughs> and now you use a yeah. stick. Yeah. And now, now I throw with the stick. Montague does not do well with the stick. I took it up there for a, for a, uh, the all events one year and just got eight alive right Right corner, right corner, right corner. Yeah. It does not work at, at 20. I, I'm pretty sure we'd be the same for you right now, too. Yeah. Are you 17 inch centers? No. no. Just there's, there's just quite a bit of deflection. Is there? I threw okay up, up at your place last year. Well, you're with then, though. I had a hard time when I brought the stick oh, out. Yeah. I had to actually, I threw, I threw two 300s that day, though. Except yeah. the, the, the foul lines were beat to crap in the other lanes, and I had to move to the gutters and throw back in, and it was not good. No, well, yeah, like, wood is so tough. It's just yeah. so tough on uh, on the stick. I I wouldn't want to do it. There's so many grooves and popped boards, and you're yeah. gonna hit every single one of them. Have you played or have you played in uh, Anik? Oh, oh yes, I did. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, the, stick did, the stick threw a couple balls at Anik. It was like, it was funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You probably still took out the shield with that thing. No, they had the shield down by then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they took a moat. Yeah, remember that. Uh, Continuing with the stick stories, uh, have you ever been kicked off a, out of a bowling tournament? Yes, not not kicked out of, banned from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, banned from a bowling tournament. They kicked the stick out, not me. They just said no bowling aids, which is semi comical. That's uh, <laughs> outraged by one of your pals, Mark Johnstone. I think was pissed off because I. <laughs> I, and I was my own fault because I'm a bit of a dick sometimes. So when I <laughs> beat him, a little bit. Hey, when I beat, we were Mark's, going hard at it. We were it's close. Mark, it's Mark's birthday today. Don't don't ruin his birthday, guys. No, no, it's, you know he's, it's it's okay. He's happy birthday, Mark. <laughs> the stick won't beat you again out there. But the, I think the trouble right I came into when the last game, and we were we were pretty close, and we were both the average like three fifteen or something like that. And he was, I was a little bit ahead of him, and the last game. I, I found a little set of lanes and I figured out you, cause you bowl two lanes at a time, two, two, two in the same set. And the last two, I found a groove in that lane and I was letting the ball go throw it about 16 kilometers an hour. And once it got to the arrows, if it was between the, the middle arrow and the, the, the three arrow, it was the worst could be is a corner. So I, I go back to sit down. I like, I, I watched probably five or six strikes from my chair and it did not go over well. <laughs> funny, funny to me. But yeah, I feel like that the outrage went crazy. And actually, I, I didn't win the scratch out of that tournament. Thing. Um, um, Michelle mm-hmm. Manta yeah. from, yeah. from Medicine through lights out. She threw like 26 20 or something like that. I think I had like 25 80, but it was like, that was cool. cool. So I still won the handicap side. But I had an established average. I bowled a league independently with a stick, didn't throw any balls to my hand that year. And average, my average was coming up. I probably wouldn't have won it the next year because my average went up from. I think I was about 205 then. And in the last year, I, both, I played a whole year with the stick in the league. I averaged just about 230. Yeah. 
Wait, are you talking about that Stetler? Was that on Stetler you did that? Yeah, Stetler, yeah. Heartland Bowl, no tap tournament. Have you ever ended somebody's bowling Have you ever ended somebody's bowling career by like kickball? Kickball, yeah. You know what? We haven't, we, we haven't seen Alberg since. <laughs> you know what? He bowled wow. the year after that. That's, I did a traditional in a match, and that's it was, it was that. a big move. Was like I would have done it to anybody else. I, he was yeah. working for me then, and, and uh, I, he was way up in a, in a, in a one-game match in the Constellation, and I came roaring back, and he plowed 9 and 10. And, and uh, um, I just needed to hit a pin the last frame. And I th- set the ball down, kicked it, ran it out to the, the far wall like a soccer goal, shirt and everything, and thought, well, whatever I get, I get. I'm just being an asshole. And I got a strike. <laughs> and it was like we actually had that on video, and we didn't get the, the – the book for the video fast enough. Otherwise, everybody in the country would have seen that video a couple times by now. <laughs> so he walked up the stairs and fucking Tweety. Fair enough. And I, I, I agree. And then the next year in the playoffs in our league, the very, I think it was the last year or two, and I did the same thing to him. And same joke, same, on a four-bagger again, and kicked it again and got another strike. And it, it, he just sat there drinking his beer, sipping at it. Really, really, for five minutes. And that's it. That's the last time I think he's in set foot in a bowling alley. <laughs> yeah, we miss Alberg. Yeah. yeah. Poor, poor <laughs> Ryan Alberg. Yeah. I, you know what? He looks really happy in his life. I'm I'm happy for him for sure. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Just one of the many people that disappear from the sport after uh things don't go so well for a couple of years. I he think had more, hard to, he had more things coming around though. I, I think it's hard to be and I'm I find that now. I'm not at a place where I can compete with any regularity and physically I'm a lot better, a lot stronger than I was last year, but, but my shoulders hold together, but to get back to that level, but, and to not be at that level is just, I, it, I lose, you lose interest pretty, really quickly. And I don't want to, I've been in bowling rec leagues and spring leagues and stuff, and it's just not my thing. So you compete in something for a long time. I think it's probably hard for anybody. It's hard to, you know, be Fred couples and go out and play on a Sunday morning mixed league or something like that. It'd be, it'd be very challenging to do that as well and this is you know it's it's that's what I, i'm glad i still have a way to be part of the sport and part of the game especially you guys have done such a great job drawing it uh, i think the tour is even though i when when you announced the tour championship a couple of years ago i i disagreed with the thought at the point and i i'm i'm happily proven wrong because it was the right call and i thought we should have built for another year get up to you know 100 people around and doing it the way you did it i think it brought a few people to it brought some attention to it and it's it's grown from there, and I think I, it was it was absolutely the right call, and we when we had lots of conversations about it. But I think mm-hmm. it was you know that's you got to step out there and, and gamble once in a while, and it was it was a fairly low risk thing. You post that, and you know it's a it's it, it worked out well, and the event was it's been great. The the televised portion, of the, I, I struggle because I'm there usually, so I know kind of what happens, and it's less uh, dramatic to watch. But I mean the, the broadcast the the quality from first year to second year went way up. I thought I, I watched a few episodes last year. I thought the, the, the production team did a great job. The announcers were better, everything. It was tighter. I thought I was excited about seeing it this year. Yeah. Yeah. We can only hope. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a smaller group. I think there's, it's, it, it, the way the, the way the guidelines are, you could probably run it without, yeah. I mean, it, but if you're back to that same, there's people come from other provinces and you got to think that one's one event and it's a nightmare, yeah. but uh, I, I'd still like to see it. And I think it, at the end, 
there's less risk with it because we don't have as many people milling around and you can have you know, a well, small yeah. paper cut. I'll buy one. It, it's it's one on one too, right? One on one, two frames at a time. It the social distancing aspect of it is yeah, so easy, right? So easy. You should, there's no reason to be anywhere close to the other competitor. End yeah. of story. Really. All you need is one dick to call AHS. I mean, like, come on, who wants to paddle on us this time? I don't know, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, but but that's the main reason why we we obviously canceled the Gallagher Cup because yeah. that that's a team atmosphere. It's twenty players. It's Wait, super and, and exciting. Like, exactly, and if you're in that team atmosphere, especially when it's like you know you're playing the the three player teams or the two player teams, you have the rest of the team right behind you, and um, it it. That the whole social distancing aspect of that would be really, really difficult. Um, the, the the tour finals, on the other hand, it, it's so much easier. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, uh, the the tour finals really revitalized like my love for the game for sure. Because at that point, like, there was few things that got me like super nervous. You know, like even even gold medal matches at like nationals or whatever. Like, sure, like you're you're nervous briefly before it happens, but like, man, I remember my first ball like going up and in that filming, just being like, "Well, sure hope I keep this on the lane." Yeah, I ended something. up going nine to one against Kerry, so it was good. <laughs> it's it's something new. I think anytime there's something new, it's something new. It's out of your comfort zone. You haven't done it. It's new, and, and it's. I know even when we 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 first live cast or live streamed the Open Provincials in 2008 when we we hosted in in Red Deer, and it it's funny to watch the technology you guys are running to, to the Mickey Mouse way. We had to had to set it up then, and and um, I'm trying to remember the fellow's name from his big cat in Lethbridge. It was Tracy something. Tim Tim might know. I don't know if he might not have known, but he anyway he helped set up set it all. Have all the streaming things. So we just had to kind of click buttons. We had hung cameras through the roof panels in, in Riverside and turned the pictures upside down and they just they, uh, hung down. You could zoom and adjust the cameras. It was, it was kind of neat to do. And we thought, well, nobody's gonna watch it. Like it was like a, not a vanity thing, but uh, let's let's try this out and maybe it'll work for something down the, down the road. And it, then we, the, the live stream went down and dropped out during during one of the, the Saturday morning matches. The, the, the signals were already done. So the team matches were playing and there was 35 phone calls. And we were blown away because we had no idea. There's no way to track it then. We had no idea anybody was watching. And uh, then people were phoning the lane saying, oh, what's going on? Where's the live feed? It's like, oh, we fixed it. But it's like, I have no, no clue that, that many people would be watching. So, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's pretty cool now. Even uh, when Masters Nationals runs and the, the Open runs for the Nationals, you can tell as soon as there isn't a live feed going on, people are asking about it all the time. Like, oh, there's no live feed. What's going on? It, it's, it's so it's cool. readily available now. Totally hissy fit, right? It's like it's 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 not a it's not a bonus in the expectation, right? And absolutely, and a, a good one. Like at the end, yeah, yeah, there's absolutely. a lot of there's a lot of that when you're not there. It's kind of it's always been fun. It's fun to watch. You see see a few things and you know see people you know and and you, you care about a little bit and and people bold with and known from across the, you know seeing them win, you know, is is pretty neat. And I yeah. had that you share that experience a little bit more. And some of those those things are compelling. I think when you when you watch when you guys won in 2010, Ian Bruce was on your team, and I'd, I'd won a gold medal with him for best teammate I've ever seen in my life by far. And to watch you guys play, I mean, and for him, he he sat on the bench a bunch that week, mm -hmm. and you're not expecting that at all. But 
you know, for you guys, it was it was cool because I've you know known you kids growing up. You were sixteen or seventeen, I think, the first time we met, and we talked about you jacking off in your parents' shower quite a bit. But, um, <laughs> mostly you, Tim. That was mostly Tim. <laughs> but <laughs> um, that it's still I mean that connects you to the game a little bit, makes it it, it interesting and and compelling too. I think that's whenever you talk about putting something on television or, or, or recording something. I always thought that the, the struggle with this, the CBC event a little bit and, and TSN as well was that it didn't have that compelling nature to it. And I, I always press, I mean, all organizations, we should have put the open provincials on and for every province, because I'd watch all those because I, you know, I know who won, but I like seeing those matches and seeing those players and then maybe doing a finale, you know, do a 20 week season and have the finale be the national gold medal stepladders, each stepladder, single stepladder, because it's, you see, um, it was when Allison um, had had lost in Lethbridge in I think 2011, and through Aces, second time in her career, she lost, she lost a national gold medal singles, getting Aces last ball, needing a corner to win, did that again there, and it was crushing. And it was I felt bad for her, but you watch that, you could not, you didn't. It wasn't about money; it meant a lot to her, and yep. she was crushed by it. And it was. I, I, that night we sat around talking about it. I said, that's, that's what you got to put out there. That's something that people, they don't need to know a thing about the game or the history or anything like that. You knew it meant something. And I wish, I wish at some point we could have that happen. I mean, even if you could, you know, blanket the live stream, but you're, the live stream quality you guys do as good as anything. And if you could film every provincial one and, and put that together as a package and show it once a week all year, you know, any, any, any venue would be great. Obviously, we, you know the bigger ones. They're they're probably looking for content this year. Just because <laughs> we 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 decided we were running uh, the tour mixers like the, the intros that we have for the we run them on our Celtronic actually, and we get a like a decent amount of people interested off of just off the street. A lot of them watch it because we we don't have uh, we haven't had time to run our advertisements and stuff on there. Um, but our early bowlers, honestly, what have you been doing for three months? Jesus, <laughs> not well. Honestly, lots of stuff. We did tons of I, stuff, but that's definitely not Tim's area either. That's my area, and I was no. busy doing other shit. To be, to be, to be, to be honest, you at, at one point uh, we it was only me and Dexter really working up front because uh, of the injuries at work, work, workplace happenings, right? So, yeah. <laughs> and we like got that into Brooklyn Nine Nine, so we lost him. <laughs> so, so, anyways, but yeah, so, um, but we, we had we had the mixers out front, and we actually had a lot of our a lot of our casual bowlers and our and our open play bowlers interested in coming to the tour finals. Well, that can't happen now, right? So, yeah. but uh, we found that was really useful. Um, I, I I really wish that uh, it's it's funny we 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 push for bowlers to act a certain way, but I think live streaming and having like. Uh, people with uh set i don't know just having personalities out there would be huge too right i'm not saying somebody can smash a ball return to a million pieces but having some attitudes having some personalities out there would sell the sport a lot more i think right and you know what? i'm i'm gonna regret saying this tim's made a good point One, <laughs> i've made a lot of point a lot of times so it's actually something i wrote down that i kind of yeah. want to talk about today yeah. is the the competitive environment it, I think it's always been try to be restrained. People want you to not act out, not be aggressive, not you know lose your mind, which is fine. Don't hit stuff. That's good. I agree with that for the most part. 
once in a while, ball returns get no your fist. You know, it's been a long time since I did that. <laughs> there, the, there was a lot of think, stuff when he did it too. But I, th I think it's. I've always struggled with that because you 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 are told that people they want that behavior to be X Y Z, and I disagree with that because we all all come from different competitive backgrounds. I'm I grew up playing lots of other sports. Bowling was sort of my not a backup, but it's something I did, you know, third or fourth sport down the line. And everything else was physical and aggressive. And I had a mindset built like that from the time I was 11 or 12 years old. To to tone that down changed me as a competitor. And when I was, I want to say 20 or 21, I'd come out and I made a few cuts and, you know, done okay. But I decided I was going to be Ken Norris. I was going to be introspective. I was going to have my head down and really just bear down on every shot. And I went from being, you know, angry and kicking stuff to marginal as a bowler because it's not how I was wired. It's how Ken is wired and he was internally, he's got fire, but that's not how I'm built. And that's not how now you wouldn't ask Gary Baird, who's, you know, he's not, he's not going to be over the top. He's not going to be super loud. If he is, it probably throws him off his own game. And he doesn't need to be, he just throws the ball and he's pretty good. And you say the same aspect, you're not because some people you just don't want to, you tone him down, Mark Jackson would be a great example. And Mark is one of my heroes growing up. And and he probably at the end of this, the first year I did that, he pulled me aside at a tournament and said, you know, I can see what you're doing, but you kind of got to be you. Or, you know, I said, be how you need to be. I've said that for ever since. And that's an important part. You guys are all watching the baseball game, aren't you? No, no, I'm listening. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with your, with your thought process on that. 100%. And, and so, I, I mean, I coach younger guys like that. And if they're angry and aggressive, sometimes you have to be that. I've always been – I have to have a little edge, to, a little anger to me. Otherwise, I don't have that – I don't know if it's focus or what it is. I kind of just – I don't have the, the aggressive stroke I need to have. And so, I, you know, I got back to being angry, and sometimes that's over the top and not acceptable. But if I'm not that way or I'm not towards the edge of that, then I'm just – I was never any good. And I was much better when I was – you know, that, that, that little hostility came through and yeah. I can in, include the odd fist pump or whatever it is and get in somebody's face a little bit, you know, respectfully, hopefully. But Yeah, no, I, yeah. I totally agree. It's something I, th I think we've talked about a few times, but like playing at certain energy levels is uh, there, there's definitely an energy level that each player excels at best, or they might have two spots that they're comfortable in. But I think that, like, you know, a lot of people play that little line of aggression, and I, I think that's super important um, as long as, like you said, as long as as long as long it's respectful, then that, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, and it's funny because, like, there'll be days where, like, I'm completely stoic, and then there's days where I have to get myself yeah. up a little, right? And, uh, and it's but qualifying it's is a bit different, too. And being you can't be, like, in, in match play, for three or four frames, you can just – let that energy go in qualifying. Sometimes it's not that for a few, frame, few frames here or there, but it's, I've, I've more than once been in the face of somebody who's, you know, critiquing a kid for being that way. Somebody who's, you know, 17 or 18 or 19 and they're all of a sudden they're, they've got the, the adults in the room or the people that are running tournaments really on top of them. And, you know, in youth challenge, that's always been an issue. YBC for sure. And in, and in our events, sometimes we get some, you know, people being bitchy about kids that are, you know, angry or swearing or whatever. It's a grown-up game sometimes, and it's okay. You got to be how you need to be. And, and sometimes that's not being aggressive. It's sometimes you got to calm down and be in the moment, but it be how you need to be that day. And, and like I said, that could be 
one day it can be you need to be angry the whole day and pissed off the world. The Geno Zebarth rule, he's the most negative human I've ever seen play a game and be good at it. Everybody else I know that I know lots of guys that are that negative and you know pissing and moaning and, and being grumpy about things all, all day, but they're all shitty. He turns that into something, and I, I don't I don't know how he does it because I I can't be that way. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it, it's an internal thing. And if I'm that way, if I'm negative, as soon as I get negative like that, I'm done. Like I just don't. I need to be angry and then be done with it. Like I next frame, I'm just it's out of my head, and that's the, that's you know just Gino's. He's actually an anomaly in my mind. He's always been that way. He's just I shake my head and you know we think about yeah. you see people around him and they try to take that same mindset on and they just get crappy at bowling and and. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I guess you kind of look at just about every other sport. There's so much um, energy used for elation and, and stuff like that. Like you, you can take mediocre sports that are coming up nowadays, like darts or even curling, stuff like that. You can see the emotion on them and they're mad or they're happy. You can see that in bowling. You, you don't get that because you get a lot of that. Well, that's frowned upon. You shouldn't be like that. And yeah, it, it's hard to uh, promote a sport when the the mindset is you got to keep it internal. And yeah. and it's it's uh it's an emotional game, right? And there's yeah, like you said, there's absolutely no there's no outlet. You know, you can't smash somebody in the boards or anything like that. But uh, I wonder, I wonder if we, you know, we we do this live streaming. I wonder if we start like you know picking a person for a day. And like, okay, we're gonna follow them around with a camera and mic them up. If they're mm -hmm. okay with it, mic them up, uncensored. Their emotions up go. and down, and let's <laughs> let, let let everybody hear the ins and outs of it, like mm -hmm. like you do on the side of football fields and stuff like that from time to time. Yeah. There's nothing better. I love watching hockey, and of course they don't have the sound on, but you can read what they're saying, and they're saying it to each other and pushing each other around. And you love it. Right? Who, you love that aggression. So, who wouldn't love yeah. to be Joe Kelly yesterday? I mean, I would just love to be Joe yeah. Kelly yesterday. Yeah, he just did mark every Joe time. Kelly, I, I know. I, I, I would love to get eight, eight, suspension. eight game suspensions. A joke. That. Yeah, oh, cool. he didn't hit anybody. Do you know he what? Didn't hit anybody. If, if you saw his Instagram today, I loved him even more. So, yeah. I, I, I just, I just think when it comes to like uh, personalities and attitudes, like there's, there's a give and a take. I always believe. And uh, even though there is a line, like I know some people are out there, there, there is a line, um, but sometimes it can be a gray line. I've always believed, for example, like I hate throwing my man, Michael West under, under the bus here, but, That's a lie. You but love it. I like Michael, <laughs> but, but for example, when he's playing Weber and he punched 12 there and he smashed the ball return on 13, 14 at the park, I was okay with that because it was, it was at that point, it was an emotional time. He needed that to make the finals or making the third, or are the are the B or A finals or whatever like that was, and uh, but he but he just had to get there. It was an emotional time. It w it wasn't like it was a character thing. He wasn't like he was there. It was just yeah, part of the moment. Qualified in that moment, yeah. right? It was yeah. moment, and you know, it, and it wasn't like he's like that kind of person. He went off and did it right. It wasn't like it's a a repeat offender over and over and over and over and over. Right? He and then it was over and done with it was over and and but there's there's certain people that honestly unfortunately have those that stigmatism is like hey he always does this all the time yeah you know, exactly. mike, mike mike always smashes ball returns i don't know why he does it <laughs> yeah. he's not good anymore he uses a it's not a stigmatism because that's something with your eye yeah. <laughs> stigma. Stigma. everything 
Yeah. 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 Okay. And and my I have a stigma. Do you, thank, you, thank you, HS, for clarifying that. Okay. So, Fuck, that's just a dictionary. It's an English language kid. I don't know. They're probably the one who called the AHS. Okay. Thank you. So, we, we wonder how Tim is president of so many associations. Grammar check all day long. I, I proofread. I have a core group of people that proofread for me. So, but yeah, I mean, if people if people are like continually having outbursts, and that's that's one thing too. And, and I think I think that kind of goes even with like you know the loud at the line, like you punch and you're yelling and screaming. If that's happening every three frames, like that's it's it's detrimental to people around you and it's it's a little bit disrespectful but i mean i i get it too you're not hurting anybody it's it's a it's a gray area and it's a line but um if you're constantly having outbursts then yeah like you know thing you know yeah difference between you know game three frame three versus plowing on a six bagger going home and needing of the first strike like that's and that's where you you you, you wait yeah when, when michael gets blown you know gets burnt and loses a match i get it and sometimes it's so out of place; it's absolutely hilarious. I, I was I was sparing in a in the Tuesday match play league one year, and uh, it was it was I think it was the first time I was subbing in it, and I yeah I I was facing an older gentleman in the league, and uh, oh come he was name. sorry say his name call, call uh, him. okay his name was Jim okay I'll, I'll give him the first name his name <laughs> was Jim uh, last name started with an F anyways um, he. Uh, he goes up in the very first frame and he punches and he comes back and booted every ball off the rack <laughs> at first frame of the night. And I couldn't stop laughing. I just sat there and just held my side and like laughed hysterically and then crushed him. <laughs> well, Way to beat the hell of an old guy in a Tuesday night mixed league. Nice job. You gotta tell the guy, he needs to know you can't start there. Because where do you go? Burn the place down. That's where it's at. Actually, years years back, um, uh, one of the years I was on a mixed team, I actually played. We played uh, Curtis Deering and the group from now. Actually, Kara was on his team that year too. We were playing in Fort McMurray, and we, they had a they had um, soft belly duck pit upstairs. Actually, crazy, you're on that team. And we, yeah. we, and in between, well, we had a bye. We had a lunch and then a bye, and we went upstairs to play a game of soft belly duck pit, and we we're throwing balls. And Stephen Lurcher. A good young player from Calgary. Not that young anymore. He's probably in his thirties, isn't he? But anyway, good thrower. He's up there, and he, he was the, he was their alternate, emergency alternate. So he came up there, and he's going to throw with us. And he threw a double, which I thought was great. We had no idea. I get the pins down, and then he throws the third ball, gets roasted for like a, a four pin, and just hoofs the ball rack. Just hammered it. It's like, and I had no idea. Like we don't even know how to. Curtis and I both looked at it like, what the? We have no idea even how to knock pins down. And he's absolutely hammered the ball rack. And I was like, oh boy, like good, good work. <laughs> and I think that might might have been his rookie year on the on the in on the open. But it was it was hysterical. But it's just out of nowhere. Like there's no reason for you to be upset about that. You see, it's two things. It's practice. We're dicking around in a, you know, not even competing or throwing anything in a game we don't really understand. And but I like I like the anger. It's good passion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. All right, Michael, we're going to move on to some special guest questions here for you. Great. So uh, you had mentioned Mark Jackson, but uh, who was your mentor growing up? Um, good question. Probably Wade Harris, actually, owner owner of uh, old. He actually used to own uh, – he started Heritage with Greg Eagler back in the day. 
And uh, we even we worked in the Gibson's Westbrook role. That'd be another one of my my not a mentor. He's a little bit you know he wasn't a, ever a bowler, but uh, Greg in or Mr. Gibson, Ken Gibson in Calgary, brand that set of lanes. Now it's hurts me when I drive by it now because it's like a spa lady or something, some sort of fitness place. But it, we grew up work yeah working there like lots of lots of uh, lots of bowlers did um, for years and years, and that was. One of those spots, you, you kind of get into that competitive mode. Wade was had a very short career as a competitive player. His body kind of broke down. I mean, any bottle and alley and made that mistake, and uh, it, it just took up his time and, and the business part of it took over. And he's good at that. And then so he kind of packed his bowling career in fairly young, but he was uh, where I started there. Beyond that, Stan Black is one of my you know my, my idols growing up. Guy like I probably learned a lot just about how to be. You know, when I was 18 or 19, you, you start bowling those leagues with, I think, you know, Larry Ellert and all the, the guys from Calgary. We used to bowl bowl Saturday afternoons. That's how I learned to, to play play for money and play under pressure was you throw 10 bucks on the table against guys you respect a lot and Dave Alexander and and uh, Aldo Serblin and actually Aldo just passed away like a year and a half ago. And Sim would come up once in a while, not very often. He didn't seem like playing cash. He had lots of money, so he didn't care. But that... that <laughs> Fire is how you you learn a little bit, and and the first time you start, you know, you lose you lose some money, cost you cost you some cash. Uh, Kevin Holdsworth and I did that for probably a couple of two or three years after we came out of YBC, and it made a big difference. I mean, you you, you start throwing in matches then under pressure, you you know you felt it before a little bit, and different pressure. You know, it's not for a thousand bucks; it's for fifty, but it's against people you want to beat, and you know they're gonna ride you when you don't, and that's. Yeah. That's a good uh, good experience to have for sure. Um, for sure, you, you mentioned quite a quite a few names that are legends in the sport. It's uh, pretty neat that you had that that experience with them. Yeah, I, I got fortunate when I came out. Actually, when my you, you go back to the old bowling stories and, and hit, you know, the, your history through it. Uh, first tournament I ever made the cutting was in Kamloops, and I got to play uh, Frank Levine twice. Actually, I could beat him on both sides, and it was. Yeah amazing and then I, I lost out after I beat him the second time and and uh, I sat and talked to him for probably two hours in the lounge having coffee just sitting there no and it was later on you, you start to appreciate what that means what, what Frank meant to the game a little bit and people that knew him and that I mean I, I knew he won the autumn open three times in a row and the format of that tournament suited him a lot and uh, it was neat to win that tournament later be able to kind of have the same have a maple leaf up there as well and that's uh, been a cool thing and Frank was unbelievably generous man like he was phenomenal he couldn't throw the the duck pin by then he was throwing he was throwing a big soft hook or a big curveball right but he was still a competitor got got uh got in there and, and I mean, blair pizzi i grew up idolizing him he, he won the open nationals the uh, first year i was just i came out of ybc and you know got to see him in lots of tournaments and he's a great competitor got to be on his team and in, in uh 2005 he was phenomenal great lead off most positive guy i've ever seen in my life he throw a ball that missed by four boards, and he had an arm out, waving yeah. his finger, and it's like, dude, that was never going to hit the middle. I can't. Yeah, but it was. It was going to be it was a good ball, though. It hit. It was going to be a strike. Like, <laughs> probably, but you missed by like five boards. You nearly punched three. But, yeah. but uh, it was. He was, but a phenomenal, a phenomenal player in the game, and a guy, a guy we kind of miss having out. Um, he, I know he had a lot of impact on lots of players in Saskatchewan, and and. Uh, you know, sponsored guys coming out. Some of the younger guys back, I mean, through the years, probably generation of them, really, for 15 years, he would, you know, guy needed money to play. 
and I took some of that. Colin Kier, another Belgian Calgary, was always a great competitor. Threw, threw the ball hard. One of the years that I was in university, he I want to play the open, but you know, money's tight. You're you're going to school full time, and he just said, "You want to play? I'll I'll pay." Just didn't even give a second thought to it. Sponsored me in, in it, and was Colin was always phenomenal that way, and did that with more than just me, I'm sure. But it meant, it meant a lot to me, and kept me in the game a little bit when I didn't have the money or, or really the time to dedicate to the game for for eight years. Really, I mean, there was, was lots. I, I played did play a few tournaments in in there as I went through university, but it it always you can't dedicate that time. You, you kind of need to when you're learning. I mean, as you get older, you I don't know if you need to be out there as much or now I'm starting to say maybe I got to practice more but I was never very good at practicing so <laughs> fair enough um what's your favorite tournament it's uh, a good question um it, it's the, the traditional obviously I'm going to say that I think it's developed in what the it's a different format it's it's tough in, in the best way there's no there's no luck to win that event you got to get out there and to get in the top four, you have to have a great day. You can't have a you can't have a soft three matches anywhere through your day unless you split them on you know in, in two qualifying rounds in, in the the thirty twos or sixteens. You just can't. It is so much pressure to score score well and win matches. And it's I, I think the format started out pretty good and we've it's been honed a little bit. Uh, I, I love how it works now. Um, I mean, at the end, the plus fifty came from uh, the autumn open. I grew up with it. And watched Bruce win it a bunch of times, a bunch of times, and won it, got lucky to win it. When I when I won, it was one of the closest years there's been. I think uh, first to fifth was sixty four or sixty eight pins. It was last last game, and I, I threw double and ten to to win. I think I think I needed mark corner. I need twenty eight to win. I threw double double corner, but it, I, I think I won by 20, 20 or twenty one, and that's pretty neat. You know, it's on. Uh, it, the, the important question here, Mike, is: Did you win on a Sunday? <laughs> Look at Tim. <laughs> yeah, just to have to bring it up every podcast. Sorry, sorry, Ben. Yeah, that's, that was I was our, I, I felt I felt bad for everybody in that, in that tournament because um, for Mark and those guys, that was a really hard thing. They did they dealt with it extremely professionally. I thought you know it was it was yeah. that was a tough yeah. a tough go. It could happen in two seconds. We. We we had a similar system when we're doing it, so we double check, double and triple check it. But I mean, and they do too. But it's easy to miss, and I, oh. I, that was heartbreaking for your friend for Tim too, because Tim lost that moment, that 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 celebratory yeah. moment, which is pretty cool. It, it did gain us some photoshopped pictures. Yes, you, mom, <laughs> mom still has it in her office, and we read it. Her computer, <laughs> baby Dexter. Yeah. I, I've had requests for that one. But. I constantly say Mark did not have to come forward and say, "Hey, we found an error," because he could have swept that underneath the carpet and nobody would have known. So, no, Mark, Mark would have known. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do that ever. No, 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 and I, and I don't yeah. think any of us would. No matter what, the, the phone calls are hard anyway, and lots came out of that. But at the end, the, the, you got to do what's right and and uh, celebrate the next year. They can take pictures of you. But you yeah. look good in your. You look good at holding the trophy. I thought. Yeah, I look damn good. Look damn good with my little child Dexter. Yeah, thank you. No, it was the other yeah. the other one was funny with the uh, the Weisberg picture? That was funnier. The Weisberg one, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, so we did that, and I were all huddled around Thursday night watching it because it was Schultz was uh, Schultz was going to be on as athlete of the week, and then uh, in the back lounge, and all of a sudden I see 
my name pop up as Weisberg, and I shut that fucking thing off so fast. <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, Jeff Young posted. I'm like, I am screwed. Bing, 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 bing. I'm bing, 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 bing. I was like, oh. Schultz, like, whoa, whoa. Nope. I was like, don't even worry about it. You'll catch it. I'm recording it. You can see it later. The Weisberg uh, was not. It would it was would not be nearly as funny. Except yeah. the look in your face was just retarded. Like, oh my god. Yeah, it, was, it, was not, it was not good. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. Br- brutal. Actually, I thought it fit you. Like, that's you. <laughs> you have a, a look. Yeah. That's Tim. Yeah, you know, I'm shot yeah. in time right there. You know what? I, I could have, yeah, you scratched my CD in plain daylight. I hear you. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, special, special Olympics, move on over. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a, a favorite match or the best match of your career on your recollection? Um, the Alberg was up there. That's one of my favorite <laughs> moments of bowling. That was consolation, wasn't it? It was consolation. I ended up winning the consolation too. That was like the <laughs> second round. I ended up winning the consolation and going and getting into the field, which is I've always liked that that format. Is it, it keeps keeps you in the the game. And and I didn't play very well in the qualifying shifts, and and uh, we got hot in the consolation. And did that a couple times actually. I did I did that at uh, KG one year too. I think I lost in the final. I mean, I, I didn't make the cut. I missed by. 25, 25 or 30, you know, all three shifts, three or three shifts, one, six or seven side pots. And I mean, you had to go to the fours on one side to make as much money as I ended up making, but you always trade it for, I'd rather play the, play the event, have a shot at the, the, the title is more, certainly more important uh, to win. But uh, I think, I really don't know. Like I, going back, I, I think that, that I, I enjoyed the match against, Schultz, even though I lost it was back then, it was a four game match. And it was, there was a lot of people I, you know, bowled and watched and had been champions over the years. Um, I enjoyed being there in that moment, you know, hearing, hearing some of your friends, Jimmy Llewellyn. Uh, I think, I think I hit a ball return, but in a happy way when I needed a strike and threw one. Um, and I hit it and he said, Oh, slap that bitch. And it was, it was, it was funny. Like in the moment, and and I, I needed I needed to pretty much run it run it off the page at that point and and end up not doing that and, and Matt Matt stuck it out and played well but, um, and beyond that I, I would say that the I mean the gold medal match in '93 was probably my favorite match and it's against a bunch of guys I know and know and love from uh, Regina and and I liked like that a lot uh, the 05 final actually Gary Bear just popped up there the 05 yeah. final is pretty great that that that's another one of those great teams and. Uh, unbelievably close matches, and it came down to um, well, Lawrence Lawrence uh, Fulbert from from Red Deer, phenomenal player. Sons now a phenomenal player, um, both multinational champions. And uh, he, we we, I don't think there was more than thirty five points between the teams. We, we played BC; they were up yeah. for two games too, and we were we were ahead for one ball of the second the second match. They were early in the second in the, early in the first match. We were. Up, up a little bit, but then it was back and forth. They won the first one by, God, 11 or 17 or something. It was close. And the second one, we ended up winning by four. And Lawrence threw a triple, just just threw bombs. And then the guy that can do it, and you don't know what's going to happen there, but um, it was it was something to, to, uh, to have. I mean, he's been that way for a long time, very stoic player. But an anchor for a reason, and I was I was coaching that team, and we, we nearly lost our one of our players in the the, uh, the mm-hmm. s- second ball of ten 
he dropped an F-bomb back towards the crowd, already had a warning. And Jerry Jerry uh, Anderson's actually one of the great Jerry, – Jerry made my, my whole tournament because um, she bent over that the head judge of play was – is a stickler for the rules, and that's fine. But there's times when you just – you're not calling a warning in that spot. Like, you just aren't. And uh, But he'd been forceful about it. And Jerry leaned over to me and, and hit her mic and said, you know what, I'm – supposed to give him a warning here and I know he's already got one he probably get kicked out take away his gold medal and I'm not going to do that I'm just going to lean over and talk to you for a couple minutes and then we're going to ignore that because in this spot we're not we're not giving somebody a warning for that in the second you know the second ball in 10 in the, the second game of a gold medal match and it was made me laugh it was really funny and I respect her a lot for that and, I mean I, I understand that Shenerson play had a spot but in that moment you just you can't be thinking that way in, in my mind that was uh, Brad Ason. Actually, he was, he was always a hostile kid. And, yeah, still and is. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's an angry, angry clown. I'm okay with angry clowns. I don't, don't bother me that much. But, <laughs> um, but anyway, we we ended up winning that match. I felt I felt terrible. That was uh, um, it's Kelly. God, Kelly's name is going to escape me. Great, great bowler from uh, Vancouver. Kelly Glenn Cross. Kelly Kelly Glenn Cross, and it was. I mean, also a real good team. My Mike was on that team, and. Kelly, Kelly, uh, he he got tight. I mean, at the end, he's thinking chop offs hard and under normal circumstances, and he had a chop off. They both had triples going in, um, both through the first strike. Kelly through first, uh, got a chop off. Needed the cherry to win by one, uh, or no? To, don't it would have lost by one? Kicks back. It would have won by. He would. They would have won by one. And uh, or if he spares it up after Lawrence, he, but he let Lawrence through the second and third ball, and it, I think it might have been a mistake because he he had a little more time to think about it, and it was it's a hard shot anyway, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, for sure, Lawrence was Terry's known for oh. Lawrence but, was known for years as uh, um, the he worst was, I, I central. Horrible for, for Kelly because it it was crushing. Like he, you could feel it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I think a couple of years later in '07, I think they won. I believe he was on that team, and I was happy to hear that they won because it was it was a hard thing. I mean, he carried that a lot. He didn't need to. They had two or three guys in that in that grouping go south, and and I think one of the guys one of the guys ripped a three pin went through the hole on a strike, and I mean that ends it. If he if he just floats one in the pocket, the second ball he's fine. But it it was yeah, it's, that's tough things to watch, but phenomenal matches, like yeah. exciting right down to it. <clears throat> So, Mike, I, I remember my first tour cut was against you uh, in Collingwood, and I remember I whooped your ass. I remember Ooh. it was on – I think it was on 15-16, I think, at Collingwood. I think I beat you with a 6-15, I think, triple. 6-15, I shut you out. Big. Yeah, it was huge. It was huge. Uh, <laughs> Touch. Uh, See, that's how much – I knew you were a little shit. I didn't even know where you were. I know. Actually, I honestly, I had to ask who you were because I didn't have a clue. So I, I was like, "Who's this clown? I don't know who this Mike Tweedy guy is. He's he, he's obviously not any good, right?" So I was like, uh, "Well, uh, on the opposite side of that, when I won TPC, I, I, I got to say a large large part of that was you for sure. Yeah, you were you were with me pretty much the entire day. So um, thank you for that. Okay. And thanks for paying for dinner after too. After I won you some money too." That's nice. Oh yeah, you're yeah, you're my horse, and that weren't yeah. you? Yeah, God. he's he's done that a I've couple. Had a couple times. of those work out good. <laughs> uh, crazy too. Um, he won when he won Regina. I accidentally we accidentally won a cup cutting in 
in uh, in Regina. I wasn't going to bid. I didn't make the cut. I was going to go home first thing on Sunday morning. And crazy, you had, uh, was there. He doesn't bid on himself. And I said, you're, you're playing great. Like You're throwing good here. Your place takes your ball. And he said, no, I, don't, I never bid on myself. I just looked down. No, I'm not going to. So I'll bid on you. And But I don't have any money. <laughs> no cash. Because So anyway, I bid on him, bought him, and he let me the money to buy him. And then he won. We spent uh, 1300 bucks upstairs, I think. Bought wings for everybody and took the Actually, what about Johnson? Mark Johnson. Yeah, Mark Johnson was talking downstairs about wings. We sat around, had some shooters and stuff. Went upstairs to the the, the pool place. I forget what it's called. Still there? Racks. Yeah. Racks. Yeah. Went up there and, and he's so super excited about the wings. So the the waitress going around, or you know, everybody's getting drinks and stuff, and coming around with a food order. And I said, oh, like you know, how many wings do you have left? Like, it's a Sunday. There's a special on Sunday nights. And uh, he said, uh, she said, I think there's ninety. Wings up. I said, well, we'll order them all. And Mark was about three people to the right of me. And she got down to him and there was no wings left. We, and we ordered him to share, like for the table, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, but Mark just about cried. He was literally, happy birthday, by, by the way, buddy. <laughs> he <Yeah>. nearly cried. <laughs> he had, he had like a sub or like a spill. Like it was, it was, he was a sad kid. And, uh, then he got really drunk that night. Yeah. Speaking speaking of getting drunk, we have a question from the uh, from the crowd. Uh, Kathy is Mike part of the Buffalo Club? I can tell you from experience, he most definitely is part of the Buffalo Club. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that right, Mike? <laughs> I am. You know what's funny about that, Kathy and Dexter? The screen's reversed, so that is actually my left hand. See my watch on it. <laughs> So, so, so Kathy, Kathy can drink her a, drink. Yeah, that's a drink to you. <laughs> that's actually funny. Good eye, though. <laughs> so, Mike, can you hear me? It, they uh, they do that intentionally, don't they? They mirror it so you're not looking at yourself weird. Is that yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. It's mirrored yeah. when you're on, on this, and Carrie's still dead. That's, yeah, I've had a couple bad buffaloes in my life as well. Um, Dexter's one of them. Uh, that has to be the worst buffalo. It is the worst. I've never watched a, a grown man go go from like sober and normal colored, drunk. yeah, like <laughs> soberish, normal colored to like white, can't walk. Oh. Goodbye. Black puke all over Eisenhower's towels. He thought uh, it was funny until that started happening. <laughs> you are you are not a light dude to carry back. I'm telling you. No. No, I was ten back then too. I was probably only like two forty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, that was that was that was, a, was what year was that? It was Regina? Was that the same yeah. year? Actually, that was the same year we bought Kreitzy. Because the next day I came in and couldn't think about having a drink, and then somebody yeah, had uh, Coors Light and Clamato, and it saved my saved my reputation anyway. I was back back on the. I couldn't eat, keep sunflower seeds down the, the next day. It was, it was, not, it was not good. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Mike, can you can you uh, can you hear Kerry? I can see him. No, I can't hear him. He's uh, he's typing. No, though. Okay. All right. So, next question uh, for our viewers is: uh, um, What do you have in your arsenal? What What do you throw for bowling balls? What do you have for bowling shoes? I know we know you have a stick in your arsenal. The stick is my best. Best weapon these days. Um, I have uh, <laughs> Airmith um, hard rolls 
five inch 312s we got special for the stick actually the stick the stick's thrown yeah i think i threw 2260 for eight with the stick um one one year in the, in the, the tournament there which was nuts i included a nine a nine something for nine nine forty for triple um yeah. but the, that's gear you know you find, figure out the lanes you go from there right but, yeah, for uh, sure. I, usually, I've always thrown, thrown soft rolls for a lot, a lot of years, and uh, normally smaller balls. I, I like four and seven eighths, three six or three eight. I'm not not very often. The heavy ones. I got a couple of uh, four and seven eighths, three twelve balls from Jeff Young last year. I found. I mean, they're good at Heritage because the lanes are usually pretty wet, and and but anywhere else, I might air always to lay things down. So if I yeah. lay, lay that down, it takes off and just there's no finish to the other end. So it, it does not knock much over. It's it's funny. It's funny you talk about like Heritage being receptive to like the 312 ball. And yet you watch Gary Baird throw the 3-4 ball and that yeah. thing just lights the place up. Yeah, just how his stroke is. And I think that's part of it is, is where his air is. He he doesn't lay a lot down, even yeah. though he's, you know, it, it, he's, he's usually got it out of the lane a little bit. If you're... If you smooth down the lane and you're throwing a ball, you can't get away in a dry lane with that. With a wet lane, you can't. And I mean, I don't, I don't think I've scored that well with him. So a little bit of experiment, but um, that Gary's Gary's stroke is so good. It's he gets in, he gets a groove, and I mean, he's like like any like like Tim too, and or, or like you, you get you get that groove going on. Doesn't matter what's in front of you, you just knock it over. Yeah, I I, I think Gary's balls are illegal. I mean, they're they're almost too small now, right? No, so. no, he weighed them like a man. <laughs> yeah, but that, that was a year ago. Now I don't know if it's even that legal though. Yeah. You don't wear them down in, in Heritage. You're not wearing the ball down because there's lots of oil. Oh yeah, yeah, no. from getting ground down. That's <laughs> right. There's nothing left on the lanes. No, I'll, I'll throw a screw in there. I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> so, Mike, uh, what, what's next on your bucket list? What do you have left? Is there anything you want to win? Like, what's what's uh, what's left out there for you to accomplish? I, I don't know. I think I, I'd like to see. The tour continue to grow. I think it's it's made leaps and bounds. I think you got that the, that group has done a great job in kind of tying the terms together. I'd love to see some associate events, so you know, similar format, maybe a little smaller Winnipeg and maybe out in BC somewhere. I really I pressed that for a few years. I, I would really like to see that just to expand that base, that young base, and and those areas have some young guys and and getting them to maybe a little less expensive. You know, like a sub tour, almost maybe. Maybe a, that would be awesome. Um, I, as far as a player, I, I don't know. I'm probably past those days. I don't have the the will to to you know grind out every event and and keep doing that. I love the game, but it's I don't know if I'm going to be back physically able to do that as much. It's, it's a lot going on on a day. And I I yeah. I, I, tore, I tore my shoulder up probably six or seven years ago, and I struggled with it since then. And, and the years, the stick, oddly enough, it's uh, much as it's a, been a standing joke for quite a while. There's a year that I couldn't really play without, you know, if I wanted to bowl, I couldn't throw the ball. I, my my hand went numb. It's a bit of looseness in my right shoulder, and the weight of the ball just pulls it down, and, and I, I lose feel anyways. And if you don't have feel, you're, you're just, you know, thrown blindly. And I did my average drop down to, God, like 205 or something like that. And, and it wasn't – there's no fun to it, no joy. And then I started using the stick, and it was – better or different anyway and uh that's good humorous but um I, I this year i felt better about it i've thrown the ball certainly thrown the ball better than i have in three or four years 
and, and physically I could hold up to more than three or four games too. And that's the big challenge when you start having a weekend where you want to, want to throw six shifts, which I would have done <laughs> happily. Whoa. And Carrie's back. Good, good, good to see. So you can finally hear me, Mike? Yeah. Perfect. Oh. There you go. Look at that. Fixed it. Um, so if you could pick anyone in the history of five-pin bowling or present, who would it be and uh, why? For what? <laughs> to compete against. <laughs> Sorry. For a match. For a match. For a match. At your I mean, prime. I, at your prime. I, I, I would probably pick Bruce all day because I – Respect him so much, love him so much as a as a friend and as a competitor. I think he's one of the the he's just a, he's amazing to bowl against, and I've only got to do that a couple of times. And uh, bowling with is phenomenal. But he's he was also, I mean, for a couple fifteen years, the I would say the best player in the country. I don't think it, it's I don't know that it's close. And there's lots of good players everywhere, and I've been lucky enough to play against a few of them. Fraser family, I played. I, I won my first gold medal. He was on the Ontario team, along with um, Greg, uh, Peter Edison, and Mike Wood. For them, I mean, phenomenal team. And uh, Central, the Central men had beat them back to back years in, in at those uh, at that event. That year, they actually lost to Regina in the final. But I mean, they were a great team. We had, I think they, I think they went eight seven 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 after the break of the last day and lost ground to our team. And we we played just that was Lawrence and. Greg Gigluck, Jan Anderson. Um, this, that's a great group. But I would, I, I like Bruce competing against him. You see just how he is in the lanes. He's irrespectful and aggressive and angry and all those things at the same time. I think he always he always had that perfect balance of that. And um, and you know, certainly have a sit and have a Caesar with you afterwards. I saw him um, the last one in '98. He lost the singles the single step ladder, and he went outside and punched the wall. And he was just hostile because he, he you know, really had forced a couple of shots and made some bad shots. And then he was done with it. He was good. He came back and cheered on and, you know, celebrated the winners and stuff. And it's, uh, that's always how I thought you should be. Like, and it's, yeah, yeah I aim for that. Yeah. Sometimes I cuss a little bit more than him for sure, but that's part of life too. <laughs> He's just quieter. That's all. Yeah. That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, wow. I don't know by that, uh, that cover picture we had, I don't know if you can claim that. Uh, fair enough. Like that's, that's a good area. That actually is Brett, Brett had made a comment. Brett Henderson made a comment about that earlier. I actually did that. I grew that out for four months after that picture. I don't think I have any good shots of that. We oh, yeah, it's spectacular. Um, and if you don't realize how long that is, I was halfway down my back, but uh, I actually donated that. We did that cut for the cure at uh, the, the Westerner that year in, that was months later and we cut off. I think the shortest it was, was 14 inches long and anywhere. It was gross. It was, if you ever want to find somebody who likes ACDC or Metallica, they, they were all over that hair. <laughs> helix. You got Helix in your car right now. Don't you sweetie? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, is there any other topic you guys want to talk about before we wrap this podcast up? Uh, I think there, there was one more question. Um, oh, sure. Uh, yeah, with our guest questions. Come on, Carrie, get with this. That's Adam's position, and unfortunately, <laughs> he's not here with us this week. So, if there's uh, if there was one thing that you could change in the sport today to promote it, uh, to further it along, what would that be at this point? It's a deep, dark, good question. I, I, I mean, uh, 
I think the obvious answer is exposure. I think that's a hard thing to do. Um, I think when people see the game live or they see they come out to the event and watch some of the singles matches and team matches, there's you know, we we've seen it for for years and just know it's there. That that intensity, that passion is there. Um, to see that exposure, but I don't. There's no simple way to make that happen, and that's yeah. an unfortunate thing. You think in a, the media environment when there's 14 million channels, the the challenge we run into now is that the, when when you when I grew up anyway, and I, I mean a little bit less for you guys, there was video games weren't a thing. So so now people want to compete and have a competitive environment. They can do it in the basement every day, and for cheap, you know, relatively cheap, and that's certainly hurt our sport it's hurt every other sport in the country um baseball is down i mean all all events hockey's kind of held its own i think because we're in canada but i think around the world you see a lot less of that and there's you know that, that video game online presence is there and it'd be it'd be it's gonna be hard to battle that currently that's really hard to battle because that's what people are you know okay with doing or it's okay for them to do uh, i don't i really don't know i think that that, that constant exposure and we keep pushing that way, keep trying to get that you know, somewhere. Like I said, the, the broadcasting the provincials, you know, just tape record, tape delay them, show them all year round as a, as a series of events would be great because even competitive bowlers, even though you know who won or who's going on and going to nationals to see the the moments in those, those step ladders are phenomenal. There's always something really compelling about them and watching you know, people play and men have to have their hearts broken. Uh, one of the years in, I want to say it was Fort, not Fort Mac, uh, Lloyd Minster, and Nancy Gervais, Nancy Gervais from, from Red Deer was in the stepladder. And she'd been there a lot of times. I think at that point, she'd been in the stepladder 16 or 17 times and had never won. And she, I think she lost the final to, to, to Terra Sites. And it, she was crushed by it. And it was, it was hard to watch, but in a good way, sort of like you, you just know how much it means. And I think when we talk about you know, in the past when we were bowling for TSN, the, the error they always seem to make is they spent a bunch of money making the event, but the prize money was sort of silly. You know, they're playing for 50 bucks a frame and things and just comically small money. And I think if you show somebody in the same match, same exact everything, but they're playing for pride or that, that sense of there, you can say this person has been here this many times and they're right on the verge of winning and then it gets taken away from them. That's compelling versus not life, not, not life changing money or not even substantial money. I mean, it built up and lots of guys make cash and, but it was the, the, the dollar part of it gets in the way of the compelling part of the game and the, the sport and the passion that everybody has. I mean, we see it all the time. And when you see the open events in the masters and I mean, even in the, the, the cash events, yeah, the money's great, but it's not about that usually. It's it's winning those events and losing those events are hard. I mean, I, I mean, losing. I, I lost to Art in, in the final of our tournament one year, and it 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 didn't break me, but it hurt. And we went ahead a beer afterwards, but that hurt losing that final because that's you don't get that many shots at that. And then to to be there and be right on the doorstep of winning and not then have it taken away, it it really it stings. And that's, like I say, you go back to it, that's compelling. I think that's what Tiger Woods always displayed. I mean, he was a phenomenal golfer, but win or lose, he was there. He was in the moment. And he, when he won or lost, it hurt. It hurt when he lost. And you could see that in, in him. And that, as soon as you show that, that, that part of it comes across. 
And I think when you show that that passion and that that in depth part of it, it is people people will tune into that. And I, I don't uh, I can't. The game is our game is unfortunately a little simpler or seems simpler. It's not curling. It, there's not a the strategy part of it isn't there as much. You're going up and bowling, but the moments are there. The, the, the compelling characters are there for sure. And yeah, exposing it to the world has been one of those things that we've been talking about that for God, 25 years. And uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't. There's no easy solution for it. Unfortunately, it's it's finding the right guy somewhere that says, "Hey, wait a minute, that's cool." Again, I, I promote that to to all the associations across the province or across the country. Is let's get good camera crews out and do a really good job of recording and lighting up our 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 finals and our, our provincial singles stepladder because that's the easiest format to show is the only reason. I think the team one's amazing, but hard to follow. You know, middle of a game, yeah. it's, it's hard to see who's up or down. But but yeah. have that and then have a good crew, two or three people go in and lay some voice over top of it and pitch that to everybody. I mean, or just start showing on the web until. Know, somebody, some of the broadcast guys take notice, or they don't. Put it here; people will tune in. And, yeah. Yeah, and as sure. time goes on, I think you see you see people from across, I mean, across the entire country that are competitive and have that that great, great passion for it. I mean, even when we lost in a couple of years back in in uh, at, in um, Ottawa or Quebec, it, it was. Tough to watch, but you, you, in out of that loss, out of our losses during that event, we saw some people I played with and competed against do great things. Brad Glenn, his, I mean, being in that, it's just like he threw he threw bombs to shut us out and end our chance of winning a gold medal and getting the step ladder. And it's like I tipped my cap to him. It was hard. That moment was hard, but you know, you, you have to respect that as a competitor. He you know, wouldn't lay down for it. We we're good friends. The year before, he's on our team. There he wouldn't. There's no way he would do it, and I would lose respect for him if he did. And that's that's something that's just part of the, the integrity of the game. You got to protect the field, and, and that was it. Was something it was cool to watch. It was like you know broke our hearts a little bit, but we we had everything else work out for us almost. But the uh, yeah, that's but you got to respect guys that do that, and that's part of the part of what everybody's done that in different scenarios. On the the last day of the Open Provincials, that happens every year, where you could just you know phone it in your teams. Had a bad had a bad start, and you got two matches to go, and you could care less. But that's not what it's all about. It's about you know protecting the field and competing and, and making people win or lose. You earn earn it. You get past it. And for Alberta, the reason I think Alberta's the men's side has been so strong for so long. I mean, we probably won forty some percent of the national team titles in the Open anyway over the over I mean, since it started. That's an amazing record, and it's partially because you win here, you should be right in the mix of nationals because you always, for decades, we had five great teams here. And then, you know, now it's a little tougher. The, the north and south zones aren't the strength they used to be. Edmonton, Calgary are obviously a lot stronger. They've got a lot more young players coming up. But you, you, when you won here, you've gone through that that battlefield. Then you go to nationals. It's almost, it's almost like a, it's a load off. It's easier at nationals because you don't have, you know, there's there's lighter matches or um, not, not they're not good teams, but it's like the fire is not there, and it's guys who play every year, and the, the small amount of teams means you beat the crap out of each other back and forth, and it's it's been great. I, I really enjoy the, the open provincials. Probably my goal to maybe make a team again. That uh, yeah. that'd be fun. 
Yeah, that'd be a blast. Uh, so, Mike, is there anything you want to talk about before we end this podcast? Uh, we're kind of at our our no, uh, I, normal I, time limit. I think it's been really good. I think the, the podcast has been a good thing. Um, the tour, I want to hats off, tip, tip the hat to the, the tour guys. That's become a really it's an important part of the game now. Obviously, that's where we've seen growth. Every other aspect of competitive play has dropped off in the last four or five years, and I think the tour has grown leaps and bounds. It's unfortunate we couldn't get get our last event in because it would have been amazing to see another 230 or 240 players or shift event was going to happen almost for sure. And uh, even even if we done next you know this next weekend, I think we would have got almost those numbers anyway. Yeah, because of the six shifts and stuff. But, um, it, 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 we had so much momentum that next year could have potentially been a thousand, a thousand entry a year. I, I think if, if if the other stuff is settled down, that that hunger is going to be there probably more because oh, there's sure. there's guys chomping, going to be chomping at the bit, and and I, I don't. I mean, we're looking at, at six six nine weeks out is the autumn opening. I, I, that could be a tough go, given given where the guidelines are going, where the things are kind of progressing, and not not the best way. Hopefully they can run that event, and you know we'll still be socially distancing by then. But if they can run the event in whatever format, everybody's jumping at the bit. Every, I mean, God, it was we had lots of disappointed emails, and rightfully so, lots of messages and positive, negative, and people checking in daily, which is great. And we were paying attention daily for sure. I mean, I, I, everybody in the tour was, and actually, I thought want to thank that part of it was big too is having those you know bouncing off everybody knowing knowing that that supports there and and there was no not going to be nobody didn't we didn't get one grabby message about having to cancel and i think everybody's felt for it and uh had had enough respect to realize we're doing what we 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 believe is for the best for now anyway best for the and the industry too there our hands are in that a little bit mine not so much shelby's a lot more Mm -hmm. but the industry part is important and we don't want that to be we don't want to damage that again yeah Breaks our hearts every every ten days. I see somebody posting somewhere that they're closing down for good, and that's soul crushing a little bit. And hopefully that can recover, and we can see that uh, in the future bounce back a bit, and maybe get some young guys, so you know, buying some lanes and opening up a new center here and there. Yeah. Hopefully. So, so you're telling me Red Deer is canceled next week, so I should not be bowling no, next week. Not for you. Right, you're right. In, you're in for four shifts. I was in for five, but that's perfect. Okay, so I'll bring my <laughs> stuff down. I'll sign up. You, you, said, you said you said There's three. Three. You said three. I sign up for five. What are you um, doing to get five? No, oh, I have. He, he's got him in. And we're gonna wrap up the podcast. <laughs> Mike, we want to thank you for coming on. Um, Obviously, you've been a part of the sport for a very long time. You got a lot of interesting stories that we were only able to share a few of them. Um, yeah. You're you're definitely awesome. one of the guys to sit down next to at one of these tournaments and find out all the funny stories about half the half the players you don't know. Um, they have uh, pretty amazing stories, and most of them have to do with Tweety. So, do they? That's good. Yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks, Tweety. Thanks, buddy. Take care, Thanks, buddy. See you again.